back to another episode of the Employee to Boss podcast. I'm your host, Haley Hayhurst. This episode is absolutely one of my favorites, and I recorded this with Carissa a while ago, a couple months ago, actually. And when I was editing it, I just was so inspired by her once again. Carissa Lynn Renner is an intuitive transformational coach, a vocal manifestation expert, and a leader for women who are ready to embody unstoppable confidence. She helps creatives and entrepreneurs cultivate an unapologetic sense of self and access the full power of their voice so that they can magnetize dream clients, manifest golden opportunities, stand out against the raging sea of vanilla marketing. This episode is amazing and full of value. And I think of myself as a very confident person, but Carissa is just glowing with confidence. What I love most about this episode is she really talks about the deeper power of your voice. So your voice is not just the surface level of what you're listening to me say right now. It's so much more. My voice can tell stories. My voice can express love. Like, I can use my voice in so many different ways. And that's really what Carissa wants everyone to realize. Their voice is so much more powerful than we may even think. And so as a podcast producer and someone who encourages other people to start podcasts, this episode is right up my alley because I feel like a lot of people don't start their podcast or don't start their Instagram or, you know, keep with that vanilla marketing, as Carissa says. And that's because they're scared of sharing their voice with the world. So tune into today's episode and message me on Instagram what you think because this is so powerful. All right, let's get right into this. I also wanted to talk a little bit about my course. Speaking of showing up confidently, my course is called Great Guesting. How to Grow Your Business by Being a Podcast Guest. And I teach you how to be an unforgettable podcast guest because, like, I will never forget this interview with Carissa. She actually, she planned what she was going to say. She was really confident in everything that she expressed. She knew what her offers were. She knew exactly where she wanted to go with the conversation. And that's what I want for all of you. And sometimes it just is not... It doesn't come as easy to some people, so I don't want you to be held back by being scared to be on a podcast or to start your own podcast. So check the link in the show notes to access my course. It's $29, but if you use the code ESPRESSO, you get an extra 10% off. Okay, now let's get into the episode. Thank you so much, Haley. I've been enjoying watching you in our shared Facebook group that we're in for podcasters and just uh, loving watching you shine. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be here with you. Thank you. I'm super excited as well. So why don't you start off with telling us how you got started as a stage singer and a vocal coach? Absolutely. Uh, Well, singing is kind of something I sort of came out of the womb doing. Uh, My mom always tells the story that my dad used to sing to me. My dad is 
also a singer. He didn't pursue it professionally like I did, but he was actually a pro professional race car driver. So like, that's where I come from. <laughs> um, but he used to sing to me when I was a baby and she'd say I'd have like tears just rolling down my cheeks, but I wasn't upset. You know, it was like happy tears or like, like how music makes people cry sometimes. And then, you know, as soon as I was like making noise and talking, I was singing and by, by like five, I was like, I'm going to be a singer. And by eight, I was like, mom, it's time to get me into a choir and some lessons. Like, let's get on this. We're, you know, we're behind the game. <laughs> so my parents have been really supportive of that since I was very young. I got my first singing job when I was 15, which is a riot. I was a singer at a macaroni grill, which is like a chain Italian restaurant. Oh yes, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> and they had these singers that would sing happy birthday in Italian opera style. Mm -hmm. And at the time in high school, I was actually studying opera um, and like arias with a vocal coach. And so I would sing happy birthday and then other tables would be like, wow, can you sing to me? But it's not my birthday. So I'd walk around and practice my competition pieces. And I was making a ton of money because I was getting paid to be a hostess. I was technically a hostess there. But once I'd start singing, I'd rarely get back to the hostess station because people would have me sing. And um, yeah, I was like getting paid like maybe eight or 10 bucks an hour and then making like, I don't know, 50 to 100 bucks in cash every night singing. So that was like my first pro job, which is kind of funny and quirky. And then went to school for jazz voice in at University of Miami. It's a really competitive program. There's about 11 people in my class. I met a vocal coach there who I ended up actually leaving the program and studying with her because I always knew I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be a professional and the jazz program was really kind of taking me down the academic path. So Hired her as a coach, started singing in bands and as a pro vocalist about 19 years old. And then I've done it ever since. So yeah, how I became a coach was a couple things. Um, one, like I just described my own mentor. She was amazing. And I think she really laid some beautiful groundwork on how to coach for me. And then as I got older, I'm 38 now. Um, I'm expecting my first baby in March. I got married last year. Thank you. But like life has kind of changed a little. It's like, I don't want to be in clubs and like flying all over and driving all over. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a tough life being a pro singer, even though it's really glamorous at some points, it's also kind of exhausting. So, um, coaching was kind of the low hanging fruit uh, singing, coaching singers. It was like, well, I know, I know how to do this. I know people know my reputation and they know I can sing. So let me start working as a vocal coach. But so back up a few years when I was 28. So 10 years ago, my boyfriend died in a skydiving accident. He was a pro skydiver. Uh, so it wasn't like a freak tandem. It wasn't like, I'm going to go skydiving for the first time. It was, you know, um, he was training the military and it was just kind of like a car accident. These, these two men collided and they both passed away in the accident, but that was like, obviously a major life change mm -hmm. for me. Uh, getting hit with that was, it was such a blind side and such a loss and such a deep grief. And, and when that happened, I really poured into my career. I, I was, I got very busy and that was the coping mechanism, just busy, busy, busy. And at some point <laughs> I kind of hit the, the wall, you know, it was mm -hmm. like I had burnt out and I was tired of singing and I was 
I was just tired in general and I hadn't really processed the grief at all. And I'm talking years, like years later. So at that point I started into a healing journey, um, started into therapy, started listening to speakers like Ram Dass and Deepak Chopra, started reading books about spirituality, learning about chakras, learning about, you know, the divine matrix and quantum physics and all of those things. And, and that really resonated with me in the voice because I could feel like these transcendental moments when I've been singing in my life, where I'm like almost having an out of body experience when I'm on stage, I'm often left with a sense of like, that was really good, but I don't remember the performance. It's like, it's just a feeling, it's a lightness, it's a buzziness, but I can't like recall details. It's like, when you really get into that flow state, um, I really believe that we do connect with the divine. So as my work, personal work got more and more spiritual, my coaching work started to kind of follow. And I noticed that often my clients would come to me to start singing, but they would end up with some sort of like, well, I really want to write a novel and, or I really, um, I'm really angry about something. And we would kind of start to pull those little threads. And I found myself sort of doing personal development coaching through the medium of the voice. So that's how I ended up calling myself an intuitive vocal coach and or transformational vocal coach. And that's a completely made up job title. And I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. What yeah. a story you have. So many ups and downs and so many. really that's just how life goes, right? Thank you. So we really connect on using your voice to explain, you know, just share your life, share your story and get your word out there. You know, I help podcasters create amazing podcasts where they can share their life stories and you help people share their stories through singing. So I see a lot of connection between the two of us. So one thing that you said in your application to be on this podcast was that you're obsessed with personal growth and that you love to share the message of how powerful people's voices are. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, you know, so many people I know are nervous to share their voice. I started off as a writer. I used to be the same. I used to be able to not be able to speak to anyone, could not show like my true personality through my voice, but I could do it amazingly through writing. And it's something I still struggle with a little bit, but through podcasting, it's definitely improved. So can you talk a little bit about personal growth through sharing your voice? Woo, yes, I would love to. (laughs) Well, you know, writing is a form of sharing your voice, right? It is. And it's, I think the safety net there is that you have the chance to edit what it is that's coming forth before it's heard or seen or digested by other people's, you know, by other people. Um, So essentially the difference from moving between writing and speaking is like, you just, you have to kind of trust a little bit more deeply that you don't need to edit everything. It doesn't have to be perfect. You might go on a little tangent or, you know, um, you might forget a word. And, and the thing that I would love people to know is that that's what makes you so beautifully human. If you came and spoke on a podcast, exactly how you wrote in a blog or, you know, in an essay or however you like to write, it would feel really robotic, right? It would feel stiff if you were like, therefore, when da-da-da-da-da, right? Like, and when you read like that, it's totally fine. It makes perfect sense on the page. Mm-hmm. 
but when we speak our our personality comes through our characters our flaw like our flaws in a good way it's just like your little quirks your mannerisms your tonality all of these things come through and as much as like people are very uncomfortable hearing themselves back after recording something from the outside ear it really gives us a much deeper connection with you we get really to know you there's there's things implied in those pauses and those intonations are we going up at the end are we going down at the end like how all of the intricacies of the spoken voice really let you get to know somebody better than just the written voice although i'm a writer too i i adore the written voice and i i think it counts as the voice but people often say like i hate the sound of my voice and so that's something I always like have just like a teeny bit of heartbreak when I hear someone say, I hate the sound of my voice. And then they say, I don't really sound like that, do I? And the answer is, I'm so sorry. It is exactly how you sound. Um, and it can be coached. It can be changed. It can be manipulated. You can be so much more intentional about speaking. And when you get kind of into it, um those things start to come a little bit more natural it's not as stiff you start to learn the habits that you'd like to break and they're easy to break but the voice not only is it a way that people really get to know you like if you're searching for your dream clients if you're searching for your dream audience if you are searching for your dream lover, your best friend, your business partner, it doesn't matter. Like if you're looking for your tribe, your voice is, it's your thought, it's your spiritual thumbprint. There is no one on earth with the same voice as you, the same vocal signature as you, and there never will be, and there never was. So this is to me, proof of divinity. This is proof that you belong here, that you're special, that you're unique, that there was no mistake when you were created on this earth in human form, that you are you and you have a purpose and you have a voice and it is yours and yours alone. And that's just what makes each of us like so brilliant and so worthy. And honestly, I've had to remind myself of this. I'm gonna tangent here for just a second and say, I just moved from Southern California. I've been in San Diego the last 15 years to central Missouri where I'm originally from. So I've like been here a lot, <laughs> but I haven't lived here as an adult. And yesterday I was in the grocery store and I found myself in deep, deep judgment of others, of the way people's hair looked, of what people were buying in their shopping carts. And like, I was like, oh, that's so unhealthy. Like <laughs> eat a salad, you know, I was like being super judgmental and everything moves quite a bit more slowly here. Like people want to have conversations, like the checkout line is not like just do, 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 get it through. It's, and in that moment of judgment, I really was able to return to this idea that like everyone has a voice and it's just, I'm like the resonance of these voices. I'm not quite accustomed to yet. And I don't just mean the way they speak, but everything, the way they dress, the kind of groceries they buy, the way they walk, the way they interact. It was like each person belongs here. Each one is unique. So when I find myself in that judgy space, I have to take a step back and be like, no, this, this person's not an accident. This person is just as valuable as me, you know? So it's kind of like the great equalizer, but also the great 
tool to get what you want to to set boundaries with people Mm -hmm. to like I said find your tribe find your mate you know there's so many people who will go out on first dates and because they want to like impress the person they'll be like hey do you want to go to sushi this is actually my I'm going to borrow a friend's story okay a guy asked her out on a date for sushi and her initial reaction was to just say yes because he wanted to go to sushi and she wanted him to like her but she doesn't really like sushi but she didn't want to be difficult or come off as picky or like whatever so her instinct her programming i should say was to say yes i'd love to go to sushi with you right but instead she like sat in her power for just a second and she used her voice to reply and say you know what i don't really like sushi sorry i really like and she listed three kinds of food she loved and he was like so into getting that guidance that he ended up creating a date around her suggestions that was so aligned so beautiful they had a wonderful time and she was in her power she was in her her energy herself because she wasn't sitting at a table trying to choke down food she didn't like and pretend it was okay so it's like this authenticity that creates magnetism around you that creates your attractive people to in this who have the same resonances it comes from that ability to express yourself without apology and without like people pleasing essentially absolutely but i love the part that you said that everyone is meant to be here and every voice is meant to be here And something you brought up earlier is that your voice can really be used in so many different ways, like healing, setting boundaries, expressing love, gratitude, Mm. confidence, all of those things that we, we are in life that we need to share in life. And so can you maybe give us some tips of how, if we're not already doing that, maybe how we can be better at that or how we can practice that? It starts with how you speak to yourself. So it may not be out loud. The voice that you need to catch first and be conscious of first is internal often. Because the other thing, you know, we're speaking of judgment. It's like when I'm in judgment of others, I'm often in judgment of myself. And so the the ability to take a step back and go, why am I being this way? Like, what am I finding in myself that I feel the need to judge. So the first step in being able to outwardly express yourself in your truth and in your power is to inwardly express yourself in your truth and your power and start to ask that question of, is this my highest self speaking? Is this my ego mind speaking? Is this fear speaking? Is this my mother speaking? Is this, you know, who is in here and who's driving the bus right now? Is it the inner child that's very afraid of being judged? You know, when we talk about dating and like, you know, not wanting to express our true needs because we want to be accepted, like that's a really natural thing. It's a, it's a survival mechanism. We want to find a mate. We want to keep reproduce. You know, it's like, it's very primal instinct to want to be accepted by a tribe and by a mate. Um, and by your mother, you know, like, because to be rejected by those people in caveman days was death, right? Like Mm -hmm. you could not live without the tribe. You would literally get eaten by a lion or whatever. I don't know if you're running around with lions, dangerous, toothy predators. 
it's very normal to try and sort of bend yourself into a mold that you think others will accept because it's like we need acceptance we're not meant to be complete loners as humans it's just not our nature but the confidence outwardly to do that and to have that sense of sovereignty that sense of being okay with your truth and being okay with others not necessarily approving or understanding it comes to like your why why am i doing this like am i committed to this what are my reasons and what does this mean to my heart and what does this mean for my future and my planet and what do i value like do you know your core values that's a great place to start what are my top three core values because if you're not sure on that, you might find yourself living this life that's really in dissonance. Like for example, one of my values is freedom. I am a very free spirit. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm like, I wanna be able to pick up and go and <laughs> explore and adventure and I wanna be spontaneous. The other thing I really want in my life is abundance. I want more clients. I want more money. I want a bigger career, right? Mm -hmm. But what I found myself in the middle of the first couple of years in this business is like I was packing my schedule with clients to grow the business. And one of my top three values is freedom. And so here I am shackling myself to my desk yep. or my computer or my keyboard or whatever when I value freedom. So it's like learning that like that is actually dissonance right there. Like more clients does not equal more freedom. And there is also a way to become more abundant without more clients, right? Absolutely. That's not the only way, but we have this like, I must work <laughs> to make the money. <laughs> so I think first getting clear on your values and then looking and taking this inventory of your life, like where am I not in my values? What does not co-mingle co well with these values? And then really watching what you're saying to yourself in the mirror. Do you walk by the mirror and roll your eyes do you does your do your eyes and your mind go straight to the part of your body that you're most insecure about do you say stuff under your breath like god i'm so stupid or um i'm so clumsy <laughs> um these kinds of words manifest in our reality we start to seek evidence of them where our brains are wired to categorize things turn them into beliefs and then seek proof of being correct. We love being right in our brains <laughs> because they're meant to be the right. We're smart. We're like, oh, I'm so smart. Look, I'm so clumsy. Like I just knocked over that glass and I'm so clumsy. I just tripped on my shoelace and we mm -hmm. look and we start to like log them. Yep. Right, right, right. I'm correct. I'm correct. I'm correct. And so it's like, if you want to be less clumsy, you have to really catch first this thought, this belief that I am clumsy, I am clumsy and watch how you're speaking of yourself. If you're saying I am, you know, I am is like the, the first, I am not a religious person, but just from the fun, you know, philosophy standpoint of it all, I am is like how God addresses himself, right? I am that I am. It's related to Om, the first sound of the universe. It's like I am is a powerful freaking phrase, y'all. Yes. <laughs> and if you're putting something behind it that you don't want to be, you'll always be the thing you don't want to be because you're look, you'll be looking for evidence over and over. So it really starts within and then starts to work outward as like, I'm comfortable with being criticized about that. I don't like sushi. I'd rather do this. And like the idea there is not just that you can say that, but that you would be okay 
if that person came back and said, I don't date girls who don't like sushi, sorry, this isn't for me. And then you wouldn't mm -hmm. feel like a personal failure. You'd be like, okay, we're not a match. So it starts to create this detachment when you can really see these are my core values. This is how I want to appear in the world. This is how I want to be in the world. And then you start speaking within that way, start to speak without that way. And then it's kind of fun to just watch how the world falls in place. Like some people start to repel away and some people start to, the right people start to come in. It's Absolutely. really exciting. When you're in control and confident about everything. One of the, I've done a lot of deep soul search these past couple months, probably since the beginning of the year. And I've noticed when I get in arguments with people, it's usually me projecting on them. Mm. And so <laughs> it's something that I just had to figure out by myself through trial and error. And it's always the most dumb arguments. And I always have to think inwards and say, am I projecting? Is this something I don't like about myself that I think they don't like about me? Or is this something that I'm upset with myself about? So I'm choosing to be upset with others about. And so I totally understand that, that figuring out your values, being comfortable with who you are. I've heard a lot of people, my clients included, who take a post-it note and put I am statements on their mirror. And so every single morning, the first thing they see is I am whatever they need. So I am beautiful. I am confident. I am this big free CEO business lady who's boss, right? Like whatever it is you may need. I feel like just seeing it and visualizing it is so, so important. But also like you're saying, speaking that truth, speaking your own truth and sharing your own voice. And so when we're starting to think about what we want to be, those I am statements, is there a certain way we should say it to ourselves? Like, should we be standing in a mirror in like that Superman position and like super powerful or <laughs> exactly? Is there some certain way that we should be talking to ourselves before we put it out into the universe to be more, you know, confident, excited, positive? Mm, that's such a good question, Haley. Thank you. Such a good question. Okay, so the short answer is, you want to speak with the conviction that you are part of this universe and that you're co-creating and that you it's already done i'm already here i'm already the ceo because because space and time and energy don't they don't talk well together energy is does not conform to space and time so in this timeline maybe you're still working on it but in a future timeline you already are this person so we're kind of like doing a bit of a quantum leap when we're using these i am statements so that's the short answer is like, speak it with the conviction that you are a child of God. And again, like I use that word in the universal sense, in the source energy quantum sense. But if you take it in the more traditional religious sense, that's fine. It doesn't matter whatever it means to you. So that's the shorter answer. The longer answer is that <laughs> you can't speak with that conviction if when you Say the statement, it's so far from your current reality that your nervous system reacts in a way to reject it. And it's like, like if I am wealthy, let's say I am wealthy, right? And it's like, okay, but legit, I struggled to pay my car payment last month. I'm clearly not wealthy, right? Like 
if it's a statement that's so far from your current reality that your whole body rejects it when you say it, you can say it till you're blue in the face. If you don't have some inkling of belief in it, it's not going to manifest. Like you can't manifest something you don't believe to be possible. And so, for example, yeah, like if you're somebody who's been living paycheck to paycheck or PayPal to PayPal and, you know, you're struggling to pay all your bills and you've got a credit card debt and all the things and you're like, I am wealthy. You're like, bitch, no, you're not. Like inside there's this like, no, 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 there's really not. So one of the voices to pay attention to when you're playing with these I am statements is what does the inner voice say immediately after you say, I am beautiful. Yeah, except for my belly. I am wealthy. Um, tell that to your overdraft fee. You know, like if there's that kind of reaction, then that manifestation isn't really going to work for you. Mm-hmm. So the the approach I heard, and I gosh, I wish I could remember who taught me this because it's not mine. I can't take full credit for it, but whoever it was, it's brilliant. And the idea is to create a ladder. And you climb it rung by rung. So at the top is I am wealthy. And at the bottom is I can't even pay my bills. Right. And the next rung up is I know people who have gotten themselves out of debt. It's possible. It's possible to get out of debt. Maybe that's what you put on your mirror right then. It's possible to get out of debt. It's possible to make enough money for my world. The next one up might be I know somebody who got themselves out of debt and now they have this. I actually know someone. It's not just possible, but I know someone. And then the next level might be if she can do it, then maybe I can do it. Maybe I can do it. And the next is like, I can do this. I'm doing it. Like I can, I can change my ability to do this. I can be more intentional about my money. And then we keep like adding a layer until we get to, I am wealthy. And maybe like before I am wealthy, like if we're getting toward that top of the thing, it's like, I am wealthy in love. I am wealthy in comfort. I have everything I need. You know, my house has, my pantry is full. My gas tank is full. My, my dogs love me. I am well, I am provided for like these statements that are a little less bold, even though that's my thing is bold. (laughs) If the bold creates a rejection in your body, then we have to bring it back to something that you can start to believe because the belief is going to create the reality over and over. So yeah, the truth of it is like, you need to speak that with the conviction that it's already done and already happened and that you have zero doubt in your mind. But until that doubt can be quelled, like you kind of have to break it down a little bit to things that you're less doubtful and less resistant toward because resistance does not create the manifestations we want. It creates manifestations, but not the ones we want. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. So a lot of the people listening to this podcast, since it's called employee to boss, Mm. they want to be their own boss. They want to have their own businesses, have their own free time. And so I think that's a great way for them to start visualizing it and verbally saying like, I can create a side hustle. Mm -hmm. I can maybe go part-time in my job and go part-time in my side hustle. I can pick up a few shifts and be almost full-time in my no longer side hustle to, Mm -hmm. I am my own boss. I have my own business. I am making money and I am free. And so I think that's an amazing way to think about it. And, you know, there's that whole 
thing that we were talking about earlier with being scared to tell people your full truth or tell people your full thoughts or your full heart and everything like that. You know, when I started my business a year ago, I was not embarrassed to tell people, but I just graduated college. I had absolutely no direction in life. I was just lost, laid off after COVID. And Mm. so I was just 23 years old doing whatever. And so I started this business. I kept getting clients. I kept growing. And I remember I was sitting on my friend's couch and they were like, oh, how is Espresso podcast production? And I was like, oh, I think it's actually going to work out. And I, I was like, huh, I wonder why I say I think it's going to actually work out when it is working out. Yeah. And so after that, when someone asked me, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm full time in it. It's amazing. I love my business. And it was just how I thought about it to myself is how I portrayed it to others, right? So if I showed doubt, other people would be like, oh, how are you going to start your own business? But I was confident and I did it. So yeah, I think, the, I think is like this little safety net. It's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, if you come out and say, I'm going to succeed and then you don't, it's like, it's equates to failure, right? But if you leave that little loops, loophole of, I think I'll be successful. And then you're not like, oh, I was wrong. No big deal. So it's like that all in energy, that full send, right? And you're right, because that resonance of confidence does not really allow for other people's doubts. And there is some level of prudence in who you share what with. Mm -hmm. If you're a beginning entrepreneur, you're just starting out and you're like, especially if you're leaving a corporate job or like if you came from a traditional family that expects you to go to college, get the job, get the husband, you know, like these check boxes that society like gave us thanks so much society is like totally <laughs> ruins <laughs> anyway tangent okay so if you come from that environment where you have this expectation to be normal to be productive whatever the word is for you um when you're starting out there is some wisdom in being selective about who you share what with because i believe fully in speaking your dreams out loud And if you're somebody who sings or like (laughs) wants to write a song about your success, I believe singing is like speaking twice. It's like the universe it's on music is that universal language. It's like, I feel like it gives it that like fast track to the universe. It's like, if you're singing it more power to you, but speaking your truth, speaking your dreams out loud is so important, but equally important is speaking them to people who can hold that space for you and hold that dream for you. And often the people who love us the most are not those people. (laughs) Our parents, our best friends, they really want to protect us. They never want to see us get hurt. And so when we start to talk about these risky moves and like following our heart, they immediately start to see those little, they like have those little pinpricks for your balloons. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, but what if you fail? Whoop, there's no retirement fund. Whoop, like, why did we waste all that money on college? You know, like <laughs> you learned something that you're going to use in your career. I promise everything you've done up until this point will serve you in your business. So don't focus on the past and like regret what you've learned or what you spent. Like these are costs you cannot recover anyway. Just let that be and look forward. What lights you up? What's really exciting you? What What's going to drive you to show up with a smile on your face every day? and excitement in your heart? What's going to 
drive your mission in the world forward? Do you know your mission? Why are you doing this besides? And, and it's okay, by the way, if the why is just, I don't want to sit in a cubicle and I want to make more money than a $15 per hour job. That's fine. That's enough. But often when you go beneath that, it's like, I have some sort of purpose. I, I want to make the world a better place. I want to help people. There's like often something like that there. For people who are just starting out, it's often smart to just filter who you say what to and get yourself in a group of like-minded people who are doing the same thing, who believe it's possible for you. Get yourself a coach, get inside a mastermind. Um, you don't have to, by the way, this is not a pitch for coaching. This is not a pyramid scheme. You don't ever have to have a coach to be successful. You don't ever have to do that. But what happens is you have someone in your corner who really has done it, who knows it's possible, who holds that vision of possibility for you, and who can also keep you accountable. Like, hey, Haley, you said you were going to record three podcasts a week. How are you doing on that? You know, or what? it doesn't matter what the goal is. That was arbitrary guess. But somebody who can say, hey, this is possible for you. I've done it. I've seen it. This is awesome. Keep going. Versus the people who really have your best interest at heart, but they're not going to help. <laughs> Like, oh, well, wouldn't it be safer if you just stayed with your corporate job? Wouldn't it be safer if you had a 401k? All of these things. So those safety nets are often what keep us from really following our passions. And from my experience, you know, and from the spiritual side that I tend to approach my business from, the universe has something so much bigger and better for you when you follow those tugs on your heartstrings. When when that little inner voice is like, do it, or like take the take the class, or you know, do this thing that seems kind of out of left field, like, but you're really like feeling that heart tug, that gut feeling. It's like start to follow those breadcrumbs and they will lead you somewhere so much more magical, so much bigger than the safety net of the cubicle, you know, or whatever it may be for you. And then when you get to like somewhere where I am, I'm about two and a half, three years into my business. So I am still growing by all, mm -hmm. all means. Um, I, as we were talking about those affirmation lad ladders, where I'm at now is going, okay, I know someone who has $25,000 months. I know someone who's had a $10,000 launch. I know it's possible to make $100,000 a year. I know it's possible to make $250,000 a year. And like starting to climb into those numbers where it's like, now that the business is nice and solid and I have my client base, it's full time. You know, I don't have a side hustle. I don't have any other side jobs. It's wonderful. But now I'm starting to go, okay, I want to play bigger. And again, like that, I am wealthy. I'm a six figure CEO. Like those kind of don't, fully resonate yet. So I'm going, mm -hmm. well, I have a friend who makes 25 K a month. That's possible. She's like right here. I hung out with her two days ago. Like, yeah, that's a thing. People can do this. Okay. I, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. So it's like, who are you sharing this with? And who are you surrounding yourself with that allows you to believe on the, the body level, not just the intellectual level that it's truly possible for you. Those are the people you want in your camp. So you are a transformational vocal coach. Were you always confident? I mean, you told the story of you being able to sing at 15 years old at Macaroni Grill. Were you always that confident? There's a piece of me that has always been very confident. Um, but there's also been a piece of me that was very deeply insecure. Um, 
very unsure of who I was, how to dress, um, trying to kind of chameleon myself into different groups, depending on who I was around. A thing I always think about is, you know, when I was younger, if I was going to a party, I would think about who's going to be there in order to choose my outfit. Hmm. Like, oh, if I'm with my musician friends, I'll kind of wear like black leggings and a leather jacket and some boots. If I'm with my yoga friends, I'll wear like a flowy sweater kind of thing. If I'm with um, my parents, I'm going to wear like a pretty frilly dress and like um, kind of dressing the part and getting into these characters depending on who I'm around. And I think the confidence that has developed in me through the work, through the personal development work that I said I'm obsessed with through mm-hmm. the through the personal growth is that I have a style. I like certain things and I'm okay with showing up in that embodiment all the time, no matter who's around versus playing a part to be around certain people to be accepted. So speaking, being on stage, performing, like that's always been in my nature. I've never been afraid to get up and like talk or or dance or sing in front of people. I get a big thrill out of it. But I have always been much more nervous on the one-to-one level. Like if you put me in a room of three people and they're like, will you sing for us? I'm like, oh no, (laughs) it's way too intimate. And I have to close my eyes and I'm like, please don't look at me. Like it's weird for me to be that intimately close to people. So I think on the social level, on the smaller level, when I'm off that stage, because the person on stage is often very much a character and it's like a, it's like a suit of armor. It's like the Superman cape, right? It's, it's not fully me. And even there was a part in my singing career when I, I wouldn't let my boyfriends come to the show and not because I wanted to do anything nefarious or like anything like that, but it was just, it was too vulnerable. They knew me too intimately. And it was very hard for me to put on that mask, to put on that costume and like be the stage persona because someone in the audience knew the real me so deeply. And so that's not a thing anymore either. But the point being that the work I had to do in confidence was really finding, like we talked about my core values, my personal style, what makes me happy, not what do I think will make me look good in the eyes of others. Does that make sense? That does. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You know, not being someone who changes their outfit or personality Mm -hmm. per each social group. And a lot of people are like that. And so I think going back over those tips that we talked about earlier, I think will really be beneficial for people, you know, being able to find their core values, being able to figure out what they need, what they want, who they want to be overall, instead of per situation. I think that will be very beneficial for all the listeners of this show. So I love to end the show with sharing three tips that you have taken or three steps that you have taken to get where you are today. You know, I love the thought of people being able to listen to this and maybe they want to be a vocal coach. What are three steps that they can take to be just like you? Mm, Absolutely. This is might seem a little bit shallow and surface level, but one of the very first steps I took in stepping out on my own and creating the business was to hire a brand photographer with a great reputation. Mm. Um, I hired Meg Marie Photo for my first shoot, and I 
uh, after that used Karina Fleckner. They're both amazing. They're both in Southern California, but just look around at some of the accounts you like, like if you're following the people that you aspire to be, find out who took their photos. It's really worth the investment because part of that confidence that we just talked about, a lot of it was found through working with Meg first because what she did her and her business is really brilliant to so just give her a shout out before she ever takes your photo there's this whole questionnaire about like what are your brand words what are your brand colors what is your mission statement how do you want people to perceive you um like who do you work with who's your ideal client all of these little pieces of figuring out your business i figured them out through hiring a photographer because she asked them to be able to capture me properly through my work with Meg, I got clear on so many things that like the principles of my brand. And when I went to build it, it was all done. And now you don't have to do a photographer to do that. You could just ask yourself those questions, but she really walked me through it. And then she created the media for me. She created all these beautiful photos with all the right colors and all the right energy. And when she gave them back to me, that gave me such confidence to put that out in the world and like go here I am and like that that initial step of like I have a business here it is just seeing those photos and how they came out it gave me such a boost of confidence it was amazing so that'd be one is get great brand photos and mm -hmm. get clear on on who you serve and what you do Second for me would be to learn technology. I love Podia. Um, I find that the price point for that online uh, classroom platform is really competitive compared to Thinkific and Kajabi and all those. And I also hired someone to help me learn how to do it. Like I took a course, a 30 day boot camp to like learn how to do it. And I learned how to get all of my stuff online. But even before that, know that you can start with very little. So you can start with just email, Google Drive, like an email list and a Google Drive, <laughs> and like maybe even not a website, like Instagram, yeah. TikTok. That's really all you need to start your business is like some content, a place for people to land in your space, like an email server, and then you can just deliver all of your stuff via Google Drive. You don't need anything fancy. You don't need to pay for anything at first. So like the second tip is really just get started and learn how to do that and and whatever works best for you. Um, third tip would be if somebody wanted to be a vocal coach. <laughs> well, I think, you know, you have to kind of walk the walk, right? You have to You have to embody the person that you want to be. So if you want to be a vocal coach and you want to be, um, or any kind of coach, any sort of visibility, you have to first be like visible. You have to be vocal. You have to, to stand up with your own voice first to help people find theirs. So whatever it is that you want to help people with, you have to make sure that you are truly in integrity with that and like doing the thing. So for me, it was a lot of writing content, showing up on video, singing on video, which was uncomfortable for me at first. So yeah, walk the walk. If you want to talk the talk, walk the walk. That is awesome. Those are such great tips. 
So how can people find you? Tell us a little bit about who you work with. So if someone is thinking, wow, I need to work with her. Like she is amazing. Who do you work with and where can they find you? Beautiful. I work with singers of all types of contemporary music. So um, I don't train classical or generally musical theater, but you know, rock, pop, country, gospel, all of that we do. Um, and that is at theboldvocal.podia.com. I also work with women and budding entrepreneurs. So helping you find that brand voice, helping you um, create your first 30 days worth of content and like really get that clarity that people think they're lacking. They really have it all. They just haven't been able to put it into a framework just yet. Cause like our ideas just kind of float out here. Mm-hmm. So one of my strong suits working with entrepreneurs and I tend to really love working with women entrepreneurs because I do use a lot of intuition in my business. I love working with moon cycles and feminine cycles um, to kind of create a life that is meant for a woman versus a man, which is just go, go, go. I get up at the same time every day. I go to sleep at the same time every day. My head hits the pillow and I go to sleep. It's like, we're not built like that. Yeah. So I love working with women in order to kind of help them create a business that suits their lives and their bodies and their, you know, what it's like to be a feminine being. Um, So one of my strong suits with that is helping you kind of word vomit all over the place and then me kind of clean it up and go, okay, here's a little game plan. This is what we can do for the next 30 days. This is what, um, this is like kind of the brand voice that we're going for. So I do love working with women of all sorts. It doesn't have to be entrepreneurs. I love just helping women find their truth, their core values. I love them, you know, getting them out of, any kind of stuckness out of any kind of rut, you know, Um, if you're just feeling like you don't know what to do next or lost. um, I tend to be a great person to come to and say like, well, let's, let's rediscover who you are and then we can go forward. So all sorts of women and singers who are contemporary singers. Those are both of the two clients that I really take the most time with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Definitely go check out her Instagram and Facebook groups. And it was such a beautiful conversation that we had confidence stepping into your yourself and really using your voice to share your own truth. That's everything that I'm all about. And I love, I love this whole conversation. So thank you. Thank you, Haley. This was so much fun and keep shining my friend. I love watching you kill it out there. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Employee to Boss podcast. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you implement the actionable steps from this week's experts so you can get started with your business today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Employee to Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more than you could ever imagine. Remember, a little progress each day leads to big results. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. To access our show notes, transcripts, and courses, please check out EspressoPodcastProduction.com. Thank you.